Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with a new guest today with this episode, and this is Ilke Demir. Ilke Demir, she's a... um, PhD, doctor, I could call her, scientist, number one in her field. Um, How did I get in touch with her? When I uh, see a young woman in the field of science, computer science, uh, PhD, MS, numbers, artificial intelligence, and, and what's interesting, because I have a son also who's in that field, artificial intelligence, but what's interesting here is her specific um, experience with filmmaking and artificial intelligence. Did I get that right? Welcome, Ilke. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> Thank you for the very nice introduction. Um, it's lovely to be here. Um, so for for your question, um, AI has been used in many areas in our lives right right now. And recently, like the proliferation of all of these like data science approaches, the availability of data sets and everywhere we look is data, right? So All right. So um, everyone wants data. So when you say AI, we'll say AI, that's artificial intelligence. Okay, go on. Right, right. Um, artificial intelligence depends on data because we are sure. trying to teach machines understand things and to do that we they need to experience exper- experience things and to do that they ne- they need data so if we take that context uh, specifically for uh, filmmaking um, what we do is ca- try to capture try to digitalize everything in a 10,000 square dome just imagine there is that huge dome and there are cameras everywhere. A dome. Like There's a huge cameras. dome. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And cameras everywhere. And uh-huh. they are capturing everything in that in that dome. And there is 270 gigabytes of data per second. Just imagine oh. your hard disk. Oh <laughs> imagine God. how much is your hard disk? <laughs> yes. And yes. that is per second. Um, so we feed all that data to different artificial intelligence pro- uh, 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 approaches, um, such as like point cloud reconstruction, like cleaning, segmentation, and all of those like different. So you're talking about all different uh, techniques of filmmaking, segmentation, these things that uh, you know are, many of our listeners may not understand. So, right, right. so you're you're saying that this data, all of that data, can be cut pasted, changed, uh, rendered, 
fast, slow. I mean, turned around, go backward, forward. Is that what exactly. you're saying? Okay. Exactly. And that's actually, the, there's another dimension in it. And it's, there's literally another dim- dimension to it. So the movies that we are doing is not 2D. They are 3D. And the 3D. capture is 3D too. So, mm-hmm. um, for example, like I will just give an example of like one of the demos that was done there. Um, we actually brought uh, a horse in yes. that dome. Yeah. And normally, if you want to like capture a uh, capture a movie, like it's just like two D cameras, like well, looking at like every angle, trying to look at every angle, right? Right. But so, so that, let's say in, well, she, now, the people who are just listening won't be able to see you. But what I'm looking oh, yeah. at when she's talking, she's raising her hands and she's moving around with this little <laughs> camera. So uh, usually, that's what people do. But instead, go on. I'm sorry about that. That's she's excited. Um, instead of that, now we are um, capturing it from everywhere, from 100 cameras. And then using AI, we can create that in 3D. So everything is captured 3D, everything is processed 3D, everything is output in 3D. So, for example, when you go into a virtual reality setting or an old a virtual reality. Of, say that again, a virtual reality. Virtual reality, yeah. We are, okay. you know. Yeah, when, when um, we go into a virtual reality, what was that? Um, when you go to a virtual reality um, setting, yes. um, like for example, like uh, when you watch our capture in virtual reality with the headset, you can actually be everywhere in that 3D capture. So you can look from the eyes of the horse or you can like <laughs> uh, just like uh, uh, try to watch it like uh, without interfering. And the capture is also like that too. It's uh-huh. not like... 3D augmentation of 2D. Yes. It is real 3D. And that is the beauty of AI in volumetric filmmaking. Okay. So so now, of course, you know, when someone like me is talks to someone like you, first thing that happens is my mouth drops, the jaw opens, and I'm thinking, where did she come from? How did she get What's a nice girl like you doing in this type <laughs> of work? So tell me, how did you get there? What? what brought you I mean in in the case of my son he was so young I could remember him programming when he was 12 years old uh, in a computer he was programming chess chess and so (laughs) you know you you start with numbers but in your case tell me how did it happen so um, I'm not sure whether I was 12 but when I was (laughs) small um, we used to um, do surgery on electronic things with my dad. Oh my dad. god. Oh my yeah, god. It's like opening a radio or opening a <laughs> telephone, looking inside, like rewiring and like closing it back. Most of the time it works back, but But this was your father? Back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with my father we were doing those things when I was small, so I was already like very interested in electronics and electronic electronics. Okay, and, and where was this? How, how were was it in the United States? Was it in another country? Oh yeah, I'm from Turkey. Uh, so that was all the way back in Turkey. Yeah, okay. when I was small. And uh-huh. uh, that uh, and now, interest... now you are in California. Is that right? Yes. Now uh-huh. I'm in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. Correct. Go on. Um, so yeah, that interest in electronics and uh, like uh, building things actually became very uh, obvious when I was in high school because in high school we have a national math Olympiads and national computer science Olympiads. Ah. And I was selected to represent my school in that National Olympiads. And because of and that... And what my, age was this, Ilke? What, what age that was, was that? That was in high school. That was... Uh, Maybe 16, 17? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
maybe less. Fifteen. Like, yeah, fifteen might maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So when you get selected to that, your brothers in senior years actually uh, get to teach you programming, and that's where I where oh, I you started. Learned. Yes, that's where. That's I where you started with computer science. Then, then that's when you started that. Maybe it's not like core computer science in high school because we don't have that education. Right, but right. But I started programming and uh, learning C and like fundamentals of um, how to actually d- do something with the with the computer, right? right. Programming. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so um, after that, I was like obviously interested in computer science, and I um, in Turkey we have uh, that national uh, university entrance exam. Yes. Uh, where like everybody is like like um, race horses <laughs> preparing <laughs> for that exam. <laughs> you wait, 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 wait. When you say everybody, when you say everybody, I I can't imagine that everybody. First, that they're not qualified, but you know what I mean. Probably people who are interested in doing that. I'm sure there are lo- other people who are interested in art or something. Or is that uh, like you're like you really mean it's a it's a national trend. Is that no, what you're saying? Is, no, what I'm saying is um, that university entrance exam is for everything. Like I all see. All branches, I... all areas, okay, all okay. universities. Okay, there is a university so, exam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, um, you are trying to get that very high score. Um, yes. If you, even though if you want to go to medicine or you want to go to engineering, etc., you want to get the highest. Right. right. Um, so... I don't know. In my time, it was 1.8 million pe- million like hi- um, high schoolers taking that exam. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Anyway, um, so I got a very high score in that and got to the get the chance get the chance to get into the best university in Turkey in computer uh-huh. science. Mm-hmm. Um, and where uh, was that? In what city? It is in Ankara. It is Middle Ankara. East Technical University. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, METU for short. Um, so mm-hmm. Metu, yes, I get into Metu, um, and um, I I was I was correct. I really loved uh, computer science. Everything was good. Then I got to, got an internship in a robotics lab. Um, uh-huh. It's called Kovan. Uh, okay, robotics lab. lab. Where was that? That's also in Metu. Yeah. Uh-huh. In Ankara. Yeah. How long did uh, that last? The internship. Um, it was for four months. It's like summer internship. Okay. Um, but we uh, get to collaborate and like uh, pursue the ideas behind that. And that was my first time being exposed to research environment, right? Uh-huh. Um, so because of that, I really fell in love with um, computer vision, like trying to make those robots see, understand the world, navigate in the world, and how I can actually enable machines to be more like humans, which is the base of artificial intelligence, right? right? That is the base. Wait, 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 <laughs> but you're going on and on, but I, I'm watching you and I'm, and my mind is going all, you know, I'm thinking, tell me at that time, how many girls, because we're talking about girls age, were, how many young women were in that? program yeah that that's a perfect question um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i know um that's that's a way to cut my energy as you can yeah, see <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well it's the truth <laughs> yeah um so in my when i got into computer science department um first um 
we were like 110 uh, students. Uh, students and I think just like 11 or 12 of them were women and yeah, that is that's first year. Well, that's then one like, tenth. That's still good. One tenth. And then the second year? The second year, you know, like people drop and the, the number gets a little bit less and less. So it gets it gets more depressing. And was it four uh, years? Was it four years? The program? Yes, four years. Yes. OK, what happened at the fourth year? How many was, were left? I don't know the number. Um, I know like my a, a few close friends, like five, six people, I uh, five, six women, uh, but I don't know the actual number. Okay. Um, and Very our, few. Our, our department is like one of the best ones. Like computer science is not famous for the lack of girls. Um, uh -huh. If you look at mechanical, uh, mechanical engineering, for example, I know that like a friend of mine, she's a woman, she was in me mechanical engineering and she was just one of three women uh, in there. And uh, their, their, their uh, uh, class is even more, like, I don't know, maybe 200 people. I don't know. So, so let's say mechanical engineering for women is much more challenging in terms of uh, equality, let's put in numbers at least. Okay, right, so right. now we're at the fourth year of your university. And um, you ha did you have to write a some kind of thesis or something? Did you have to do some kind of research report or something or no? Yeah, we needed to do the graduation project. Yes. Um, and our graduation project was super cool. We actually... Uh, built a warfare simulator oh oh wait a minute what <laughs> what year was this what year was this warfare simulator what what year was it um 2010 yeah just before before we graduate yes, yes okay okay and how many of you were involved in doing this these are four people four uh, yeah okay yeah. all women or women and men me and men <laughs> <laughs> you and three men okay Okay, so how was it received? How how did it go? This project. Um, so in Metu, uh, the graduation projects actually have an industry sponsor. Um, so yeah. each graduation project may have a different industry sponsor. So ours was ours was a defense. Uh, um, how to say that? Um, uh, well, we could say something like, like a, a defense uh, institution we can say or no yeah the defense company but it is like the government's defense company uh, well it's not of. private so it's it, it is inst institution yeah, it is, okay so it's yeah. defense <laughs> uh defense institution Let's so say defense, they, yeah, defense all right so they were uh sponsoring it uh economically yeah. mm -hmm. um no i think morally <laughs> <laughs> She laughs. No, okay, I, mean, yeah. I get it. There's no money to be had there. All right. No. So, uh, so how did it they, go? Yeah. They they help us like whenever we have questions. For example, if we want the like a template inventory for um for the I don't know planes that we can add helicopters yes. that we can add to the project as the real warfare simulator, then they actually provide that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they uh -huh. they they are there for our questions, etc. Oh, so, well, that's you know they do give you some like you say moral support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. So so let's say that at the end you get your degree, right? And then you went into an MS project, uh, degree as well. Did that was the, or did, was that the MS? No, no, no. That's that's the, that's just the graduation the four year. for for mm -hmm. bachelor's. Yes, yes. Where did you um, get your MS and PhD? 
I get both my MS and PhD from Purdue, Purdue University. Purdue, Purdue in, is yeah. in exactly where? Indiana. Indiana. Okay, so yeah. she takes the, the plane <laughs> in the middle somewhere, right? <laughs> she takes the plane, flies to Indiana. I, I'm sure. Did you go look at the map before you <laughs> accepted it? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, you didn't know. You didn't know. No, I know. I knew. I knew. But like, you know, like, um, <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> but tell everyone an outsider's I, view. Right. So it's, uh, in the middle of cornfields, there's not much to do. You can just go to Chicago if you want to see a real city. But other than that, it's like a small college town called West Lafayette. West Lafayette. Um, and, um, there is, no distraction for right exactly that's the key there's no distraction (laughs) not at all all right so so you spend um five years there is that correct Uh, or was the Uh, ms one year or two so uh it was actually uh, i directly get into phd program and uh, when i was working towards my phd i also got my ms Um, okay so we can say it's like phd total um four years with internships, maybe six years because I okay, had a, so yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that was uh, that was well, uh, well. How was it? Come on, tell us your feelings. <laughs> it was wonderful. So, as I said, like um, during my undergrad, I got really into computer vision and computer yes, graphics of course, and robotics. Of course. Right? So mm-hmm. uh, when I was looking to apply for a PhD program, I investigated so many professors, right, so many universities, right. so many yes, labs. Of and course. my lab, I really wanted that. There was so much cool research going on. They were doing- um, in, like Purdue. in Purdue. In Purdue. Yes. Yeah, in Purdue. So that was your uh, dream. My advisor's lab. That yeah, was really exactly. your dream. Okay. So, so you went with a full heart and a lot of expectations. At the end of all of that, all of those six years, do you still, did you still have that enthusiasm? Absolutely, yes. Oh, fantastic. Um, were your supervisor, well, did you, you had one supervisor for the right. PhD? Right. right. Uh, did they, man, woman? How, how man. was that? Okay. Were they really a supervisor or just, you know, you had to go searching after them because sometimes PhDs, supervisors are absent, you know? I was absolutely so lucky. Uh-huh. Uh, to have an ab- advisor so supportive, so good, good. Um, on hands, good. like both for research and both for navigating like your path in academia and uh, like for my internships. And after good. after that, like thanks to his network, I was able to get a super good like uh, postdoc position. Yeah. Uh, my research was really like highly respected and Fantastic. got so much attention. So yeah. I, I was really lucky. Um, That's I, fantastic. I can, I can actually thank him. Like, I, I don't know whether he will even listen. What? Like, you thank- can go ahead and thank him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, Professor Aliaga, for uh, supporting my PhD. <laughs> All right. So now you're at the end of this PhD. And so the next stop is obviously you look around and you're hoping that someone will take you under their wing and you can assist them in their work and their research project. And obviously that happened to you, didn't it? Right, yes. Um, so it's actually a, um, a little bit fun, uh, Pat. Um, so before my postdoc, I never thought I would be in industry. I always thought oh, I would oh, be a Oh, professor. wait a minute. So then you right after the PhD, you did a postdoc. 
Right, right, yes. Oh, at 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 Purdue, the same. No, no, no. Oh. no. I did my postdoc at Facebook. I know it's not conventional. Uh, no, it's but... not conventional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, my postdoc supervisor is actually a very respected uh, professor in MIT. Um, yeah. And um, I thought I was going to do a postdoc in MIT. So I MIT? was like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like preparing for it. I was saying, oh, like Boston is a good place, etc. And then he told me that, oh, by the way, I'm taking a leave from MIT and going to Facebook. So can you yeah. be a postdoc in Facebook? Well, see, now this is this, the, the very amusing and um, incredible um, situation of science, especially in the United States. But these large conglomerates, Facebook, Google, Amazon, you, you add the list all over the world, all over the world. As soon as they see a shining star that doesn't want to get into the academic world, <laughs> they bring them up, they snatch them up immediately and they offered them the world and so much money and so many um how can i say uh gifts i would put it so <laughs> the benefits so many benefits that they will you know keep you with them and it's interesting that your professor the professor at mit took a leave of absence to have that experience because yeah. the the even if it's called MIT, still the academic world is academic, and it's not like Facebook or Google or Amazon or anything like that. So, how long did you spend in your uh, internship there? Yeah, um, that was not an internship. That was uh, 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 the postdoc. Postdoc. Yeah, post yeah. Where? Yeah. Where exactly? The place. The location. Oh, Menlo Park, California. Menlo Park. So that's what brought you to California. No longer yep. in Indiana, the cornfields. Now you're in uh, in Menlo Park. All right. So there you are. And how long did you stay there for the postdoc? Um, One year? I think it was like, like it's two years, a little bit more than two years, I guess. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. Okay. And how long ago? Um, that was three years ago. Okay. So now then you became free. After two years, <laughs> you were a free woman again. Yeah. And yeah. what, ha um, what happened really, to you? We really nice and impactful research um, at Facebook. And uh, it was a really good exper experience. Uh, but I thought I could take on some adventures. Um, so adventures. I actually joined a, yeah. <laughs> I actually joined a startup. Um, and... Um, but the startup... A, hold on, hold on. Now, you joined the startup. And the startup... Where did that idea come from? Well, um, I was looking to explore more things. And, you know, in the Bay Area, startups yes. are always... Uh, They're all the over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and this what kind... In, yeah, go ahead. This what kind startup of in, I was about to say that. This startup <laughs> in particular, um, they were doing research and product at the same time. So it was like a perfect fit. And uh, it was for autonomous driving and um, how we can build like more... Uh, efficient deep learning architectures, like the core of AI, right? Like how All we right, can, so uh, um, using um, artificial intelligence in driving, just in yeah. driving, that was the, the startup. How long did you, yes, did you stay yes, with yes. them? Um, we actually, uh, I stayed one year because we actually sold the startup to Tesla. Ah, <laughs> ah to Tesla, um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I joined my current company, which is Intel. 
Intel. All right, now you're in Intel. And what happened? What changed? So you're never, at this point in Intel, did you ever consider a university career? Professorial. I did. You did. I did. It went yeah. in and went out. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I'm I, I, I'm seeing that you started to feel my enthusiasm is like more towards academia and research. But um, so especially for our area, for artificial intelligence, deep learning, etc., um, there is not relatively not enough resources in academia right. for okay. running those like exactly. very big computer exactly. projects. Like, when you say resources, there's just not enough money. Uh, to do, they, they don't have enough to pay people to stay with them. All right, now we got that. Um, not to pay people, but more about the computation power, like not like those very large servers and machines that well, we can run well, very complex. That's what I meant by, by oh. resources, money to, to, to offer anything, you know. Let's go now to Intel. We're in Intel, right? You're in Intel. So what happened? What brought you to Intel? Um, my dream job actually brought me to Intel. <laughs> How? How did, I mean, so, when, what dream job? Dream, it was a recent dream job? Did you think about it along the way? Um, so looking at my area, so right. my PhD was about generative models and 3D right. reconstruction, all that 3D data. 3D, and, um, 3D. 3D data, yeah, and all my research other like after that was more on like artificial intelligence and deep learning and how we can use that in 3D data, uh-huh. and this was the place um, for having so much 3D data and oh. doing some impact on, with that 3D data. So uh-huh. just to give an example, um, some of our uh, VR short films actually premiered in Venice Film Festival a couple of years uh-huh. ago, like a, a year ago. Wow. Yeah. So you can actually watch our 3D films in, in Venice Film Festival. And that is super, super impactful. Just imagine, like, if I was in a university doing that 3D research, I would never have that never. much impact. No, no. It would have never come. It would have never emerged, actually. Right. right so, right. So now you've been there three years. Um, yeah, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Which year are we? I'm in two years. Two years. Okay, so yeah. you have no um, intention of leaving. I mean, did it make? <laughs> did they make it possible for you to stay in the United States? Um, yes, and when you actually ask that question, that go, my mind goes to immigration process. You know, <laughs> like did yeah. they make it possible for you to stay? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. no, it is an issue. You know, but for scientists of, of a course. certain level, it it is feasible. And I'm wondering if it was Intel that did the trick. That um, yes, because I didn't yes. think a startup would be able to do that. Um, would have enough power to get you to to stay, or, or am I wrong? Startups can also do that. Uh-huh. Facebook was about to do that, but by timeline slipped because of their okay. some processes. Okay, I see. So um, good. So, 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 so this, let's say, it is really your dream job. Um, they've made it possible for you. So now you're living in Menlo Park still. Where is Intel? No, um, when I when I moved, so Intel headquarters is in Santa Clara, California. Santa Clara. Um, mm-hmm. But. Uh, but the studio was in uh, Manhattan Beach, uh, like uh-huh. very close to Los Angeles. So I moved right. to Los Angeles uh, mm-hmm. uh, when I when I uh, started in Intel. Uh huh. Interesting. Interesting. Um, you know, I'm I'm 
thinking because after all of these things, um, this is you, you still do research, still publish research. Do you still publish of papers? Okay, so of and course. you put out papers on a regular basis. Do you have? Do you publish with other scientists? Uh, you create yes. papers, okay? And yeah, um, so we have collaborations currently going on um, with uh, uh, with a uh, uh, recent uh, faculty in Binghamton University. He used to be a PhD where, student. Where? Where? In which university? In Binghamton University. Binghamton. Uh, in, uh-huh. Yeah, in New York. In New York. Um, mm. I also have a very big collaboration. Um, that's actually a very nice story. So <laughs> I have a very Tell big us. collaboration from Women in uh, Shape Modeling Research Network. Um, uh-huh. So this is all women working in uh, shape modeling and geometry processing. And mm-hmm. we are trying to integrate deep learning approaches, AI approaches into that shape understanding world. And um, this includes professors and grad students and postdocs from France, from um, obviously United States, from Greece, from, How from Italy. Yeah. What about Turkey? Anything from Turkey? um, Unfortunately, I don't have any ongoing collaborations right Mm -hmm. now um, with Turkey, but um, we have a very nice, respected group of scientists that we always Mm -hmm. keep in touch and we always follow each other's uh, scientific progression. So whenever we need something, we are always there for each other. Now, the big question, the thousand dollar question is, Oh my God. The survival kit for women in these types of careers. Tell us what could you suggest? Yeah. (laughs) So her voice goes low. (laughs) Her face expression changes Um, and she nods her head. (laughs) So the reason for all of these expressions is actually we, in an ideal world, we should not need this survival kit. Ah, Everything should be equal. Everything should be so fine. And women should be the same as as everyone in the world. So the big should. It's a big should. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, the survival kit is um, to enable the world treat us as they should. It's not to fix us or it's not to change us, etc. It is just to educate the world to treat us yes. as they yeah. should. What is the and biggest for- obstacle? Tell them, tell me, what is the biggest obstacle that women well, face? Um, if you go in a systematic way, you may see that, okay, the numbers are decreasing in the education, like in K-12, then in high, then like in universities, etc. like the woman in STEM careers actually dropping and There are many like programs and biggest... When you say, everyone... when you say, wait, wait, wait. Now, when you say STEM careers, what does the STEM stand for? Oh, sorry about that. I should uh-huh. actually say that first. Yeah, yeah. STEM, STEM is short for science, technology, engineering, and medicine. Uh-huh. And uh, that is mostly like the scientific fields that where the moment Hard sciences, the hard science. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, if, if, like, if you look at like the 
origins like people uh, claim that it's a pipeline pro pro problem and like there are many programs and everyone is like really paying attention why the numbers are dropping and there are like solutions in every 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 yes. every step of that pipeline of course but um the survival kit that, that i mentioned is for those that made it somehow to their career yes. at some point as a yes. woman and i found it like it's it's a it's an uh, evolving evolving yes. kit, evolving um, items. But I found it like uh, maybe the first item in doing my PhD that um, the first, the most important thing is don't forget that you have a voice. Yes, and you need to you need to you need to use it. No one okay. will give you permission to use your voice. Okay, like, now this is some... this is true not only in STEM careers but in all areas for women. Absolutely. women Absolutely. need to remember they have a voice and they need to use it this is something that people continue to forget go on exactly and use it for if you see something wrong if you see something unfair if you yeah. see someone is not going evidence-based yes. but opinion-based if um, data is used incorrectly yes or like you can go in any granularity of that like incorrect sure. or not not, mm -hmm. not like you need to you need to make that make yourself heard heard mm -hmm. and it's also um to advocate for others too so i have seen in workforce there are so many women that are more um obeying because they overthink more when yes. you overthink more, you can always find that maybe somewhere. And that maybe can always make you stuck on that, should I say that or not? Moment. Okay, so that's, so, you mean you mean the doubt. D get rid yeah. of self-doubt. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And like the more you interact with many people, the more you see that like um, actually the people who recklessly use their voice cannot feel behind that voice that much than overthinking women because right. overthinking women are trying to like see the big picture in such a way that they are questioning the validity of the argument there right but if the if if, if a man just says that oh you know like that is possible there's actually no evidence to back that up. It's just like something that passes his mind most of the time uh, because he's not overthinking. He's just like throwing an idea. And But meanwhile, woman has been thinking about that idea for the past 10 minutes and yes. having 10 possible ways to back up that idea. Good for right? you. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, sorry about the like. No, 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 no. Like, I mean, yeah, this is very important to talk about. It's very important. And so, like you say, this is an ongoing process. The kit, the survival kit that you're talking about is something that's updated every so often because it's yeah, an yeah. ongoing battle for women, really. And um, and this is, yeah, well, can you imagine in the military service or, you know, anywhere you there is a hierarchy. And in universities, in the academic world, there is a functional hierarchy. Even in, you know, where there are public institutions, they should be functional institutions. They are not as functional all the time. Take it from me, I work in, an in a university, I know. And, um, and it's, a, it's, it's a problematic. It's very problematic. And 
um, you know, there's a limit, of course, to how much you can push yourself to struggle against this injustice because it takes away from your work and, and from the enthusiasm of your work. And so I, I don't have an answer for that. But, you know, every it's, it's important that you take one step and then you take another step and you take another step and you keep working and seeking out women. And, um, for example, I just had a guest on my uh, show uh, yesterday who was talking, he was talking about the system that he uses in business to coach business entrepreneurs. And he said, yes, I have this um um, this this graph where there's a line of courage and many people were uh, are placed behind beyond the line of courage or below the line of courage and he, I mean, he was talking and talking and I said you know let me ask you but how many do you cater to men in your business and he started laughing and laughing <laughs> and I said you do because it's the elephant in the room I said in my coaching I never would use that word the courage it sounds like the warrior you know the male warrior and that so the, mm -hmm. it's a completely different and he had to agree on the one hand but he said to me an interesting thing and uh, in italian we call it a corner kick in soccer when you make the you know, there's a corner kick and you save yourself and he said to me you know claudia he said i i think that why i have so many male clients is because I work with CEOs and entrepreneurs. And objectively speaking, there are not as many women yeah. entrepreneurs. And yes, granted, there are not as many women presidents. There are not as women, you know, and, and we get that. Um, but it nonetheless, when you see it again and again and again, it's, it's devastating, you know. It's devastating. Yes. And you think, well, would my life have been different if I were a man? Sure. But I wouldn't go back to do that. <laughs> but I did. I remember when I was a child. And I thought, because I was the second of three girls and the second child, my parents were waiting for Alberto. And I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> Alberto. <laughs> and so I came out and, uh, and I figured, well, I, I was wondering, well, wouldn't it be interesting to see what what it would be like to be on that side of the 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 life you know and i never had an answer and i never got it because i thought well, no we're all the same we're all the same we're all the same until i started in research and i started with research projects in the academic world in side by side to males and i saw the the politics and mm -hmm. we are not the same <laughs> no, we are not. Yeah, yeah. Even if there are two different bathrooms, we are not the same. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. and I hate to say it, it's 2021, almost 2022. But it is, that is the reality. That is the reality all over. And, um, you know, there's, there's an, also another expression in Italian that says, uh, the entire world is like a small village, meaning it's not only here, it's there, it's there, it's everywhere. Obviously, and I, I believe yeah. that. I do believe that. There are some progressive um, social social environments, um, maybe Nordic countries, uh, you know, the, the Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Finland. They are, they have a different 
political and economic situation that may favor the progression of women in all fields. But it's not that much better. I mean, it is better, uh-huh. of course, but it's it's not as, you know, um, maybe I'm wrong. And I do hope that someone of the my audience <laughs> listens to me and writes to me, look, you're wrong. And they'll give me the statistics and say, no, you, in this country. I want to see that country. too. Yes. And I'll, I'll be sending it to everyone if somebody does that. So please, anyone listening, please send me that information. I would love yeah. to find even just a small little village where that's not true. I'll go there tomorrow just to see what it's like. <laughs> Ilke, yeah, thank yeah. you so much for compen- coming, uh, com- taking time and coming on this show and talking about your work. Elke Demir, it was a pleasure to meet you, honestly, from the bottom of my heart. And I salute you and your progress and your courage. Good for you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It was really... Um... A bliss to be in in, in this podcast and uh, with you, like meeting with you. I know our hearts are on the same path. <laughs> same page. Um, thanks same for page. mentioning. Thanks for mentioning so important topics. Like life is, of course, like my life is research, but life is not only research, and we need to yes, it is. It is use our voices in these other yes. topics that are yeah, affecting yeah. us daily. So thank you. Thanks again. We always forget, you know, that work is just a small part. And in the beginning, you know, at least in your age, I remember everything. It was where I spent all my time, everything. And then all of a sudden, because I I had this very uh, time-consuming job. I was a a conference interpreter. And so I was working for the government. And I was traveling all over the the time. I was living for many years in New York City. So I would go away for a month, come back. And my friends weren't there when I was home. Then I'd go away another month, and then I'd come back. And it was very, very lonely. And the work was interesting, but you were, when you're studying, you're alone. When you're writing, you are alone. If you have the luxury of working in a research project with other people, it's fun, it's challenging, it's interesting. But when you are reading and writing, that's a lot of loneliness. It is. Right. and But it's it's wonderful. I mean, it fills your heart and it's so passion driving. It's excitement, you know. 100%. I, I know that feeling. You And some sometimes you get so excited and you know that not everybody can appreciate and you don't know who to tell. You know, <laughs> so you go back to your colleagues. <laughs> true, yeah, true. yeah. But I salute you and I will wish you the best. And I do hope you keep in touch. And I'll let you know when somebody writes to me about that little town. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Take care of yourself, Ilkin. All the best to you. Bye bye. Bye.